Whatever you got to do. Here's another punt. Great kick. Scrolls all the way back to the 10. Going forward. Scrolls making people miss. Still going. Darren Scrolls. Look at him go. One man to beat. 89 yards. Touchdown. Hey, I'm Mike. And I'm Daniel. And we are Civil Youth, and you are listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. It is the fourth and final preseason game, which means it's the final preseason edition of Season 2 of Eagles Enemies right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. And I am thrilled to be joined by the one and only Michael Nania. You can read his stuff at Gangrene Nation, SB Nation's Jets blog, and he's got a pretty awesome podcast called Cool Your Jets. What's going on, Michael? Uh, I'm happy to be here. Uh, the season's coming pretty quick, uh, less, than couple, less than a couple weeks away, so... Uh, it's a really exciting time for the Jets in particular. I'm really pumped for this season as much as I have been uh, for any in a long time. So thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to talk to the Jets. Absolutely. It, it seems like a really, you know, kind of turning point for the Jets this year. They go out and spend a lot of money in free agency. They get uh, C.J. Mosley. They get Le'Veon Bell. What's kind of been the vibe around this Jets team uh, throughout, you know, training camp and the preseason now that there's you know, all these new players, and then also a new coach in Adam Gase. Yeah, so the, the vibe has been really, really positive. As, as much as we've seen with this team in, in a long time, really, uh, you probably would have to go back to when they were uh, made those back-to-back AFC championships with Rex Ryan, but it's been really positive, and it really all kind of, you know, they made those big additions with Bell, with Mosley, Coletio Semley, James St. Crowder, but it all really starts with the quarterback position, and I'm sure Eagles fans know that pretty well, but once you get that quarterback, that it all really starts there. And with Sam Darnold, the Jets seem like they finally have that guy. So it all starts with him. He finished last season, uh, over the last four games of the year, he was really, really good after he came back from injury. And he's been phenomenal throughout the whole offseason, whether it be in practice, uh, he's translated it to the field. In preseason, he's looked really comfortable and poised out there and improved and you know, the, the thing with the, this offseason in practice with the Jets has been the offense has been pretty consistently beating up the defense, and that is something you do not see with the New York Jets that often. It's pretty much always the other way around, but it's been opposite this year. The offense has been uh, consistently dominating the defense, and that's not to say the defense is bad. We know there is a lot of talent on that side of the ball, too, with Jamal Adams, with C.J. Mosley, Leonard Williams, Quinn Williams, who they picked third overall. He's looked good in practice, so... But the offense has looked really good, and it's been because of Darnold. It's been because of Leon Bell. James King Crowder, who's uh, been a new, a really good new addition as well. He's looked good in the preseason. Uh, Quincy Nunwa is healthy, and he's looked good. Robbie Anderson, he built some really good chemistry with Darnold uh, down the stretch last season, and they continue that uh, throughout this offseason. So uh, there's a really positive vibe, and it all starts with Adam Gates, the guy who was not a popular hire when he came in, but he's won over fans just with his intensity. It was just his football first mentality. I mean, smelling salt in a season game, you do that, fans are going to be on your side. So 
Gase has won the fan base over, and just his offense has looked really, really good. So the vibe has been very positive. But it all starts with Darnold. But a lot of credit to Adam Gase, too, who's come in and just really run a really good shift. Uh, there hasn't been a lot of drama. Uh, things have been really football-focused and really just really positive overall. It seems like this team has a lot of chemistry, a lot of energy, and more, most importantly, a lot of talent at the top uh, that could potentially lead them to a good season. Very true. And, um, you know, you bring up Sam Darnold, and uh, he's played a lot in this preseason. Is that something that, you know, Jets fans and, and media have kind of expected, being that this is just year two for him? Or is it something that, you know, was kind of divided and, you guys didn't really want to see him out there due to all of these injuries that have occurred uh, during the preseason. But to see him out there uh, pretty much, you know, games one, two, and three, was that something that was kind of expected? Yeah, well, the first game starting off and did only play the first drive against the Giants. They came right down and scored and out three minutes at a 70-yard drive uh, to kick off that first game. Then they came after that. Then against the Falcons, they played uh, about a quarter plus, uh, one series into the second quarter. And they came out after they scored a touchdown again. But against the Saints, the original plan was actually in the third preseason game this past Saturday. The original plan was for them to play the entire first half and then go into the second half a little bit. But they actually pulled out the starting offense, Sam Darnold, and the rest of the starters about midway through the second quarter. It was a patchwork starting offensive line because each of the three starters were out. The Ryan Khalil's out of center and at the guard positions, Colecchio, Semley, and Brian Winters were out. So you had three backups in there. And even though their, their backup lines actually been pretty solid so far, but they did have a rocky start against the Saints. Arnold took the hit. So once the Jets scored about midway through the second quarter, they pulled the starting offense uh, earlier than they initially wanted to. But, yeah, there was definitely fans throughout that game really wanted to see him out. It did take a few big hits, but it seems like he came out okay. Nothing major at all. He's still been out there practicing, but... Uh, going into the fourth game, I think the starters are pretty much done. I don't think there's going to be too much action for starters on either side of the ball uh, in this preseason game, which is the usual. But, uh, yeah, he has got a lot of preseason action, and I think more than most other starters because he is a young quarterback, and you do want you know to get him a chance to build that rhythm and kind of instill, and also as a new head coach with Adam Gates, too, just get used to his offense. But, you know, with the Saints, we saw Reed come out, even in the third preseason game, when starters usually play a lot, he came out. They scored in the first drive. He came right out after that. So it is a little bit different when you have a younger guy, especially when you have a new head coach who's offense that the whole team is trying to learn and instill. And like I said, especially the younger quarterback, you want to get him that opportunity to get his rest and really nail it down. And he's done a good job with it so far. Darnold and this offense have been pretty solid. They scored three touchdowns in the nine drives that they've played so far throughout the first three games, which is a really good rate. That would be among the best in the league if they maintained it. But, of course, it is a small sample size, but overall, the offense has looked really good. Darnold has gotten the opportunity to get used to Gase's offense and really start to build some momentum going into his year. Definitely, and you know, we talked about Le'Veon Bell coming in, and uh, he sits out all of last season, so there is a bit of a concern, I think, around just the entire football community about what he's going to be able to do early on this season. There were reports uh, that he and Ty Montgomery were going to be in, you know, somewhat of a, a splitting share of carries early in the season. Is that something you see uh, coming to fruition, or do you think Le'Veon's kind of got, you know, a stranglehold on the starting job from the get-go? Well, Montgomery has definitely been surprisingly involved in the offense. That was an addition that definitely did not get a lot. Uh, really didn't generate much fanfare when it happened back in March, but. Really, throughout the preseason, the whole training camp, all the practices, 
Montgomery's been really involved. And with Bell not playing at all in the preseason, he's not hurt, but the Jets have been cautious with him not playing him uh, in any of the preseason games so far. And he, he's not going to play in the fourth either. Uh, Montgomery's really been carrying the load with Bell out. They've been using him in the passing game quite a bit. He caught a touchdown against the Saints. He's actually got two touchdowns over the last couple of games. Had one in the in the second game against the Falcons on the ground. He's caught one against the Saints. But he's been really involved. Case is going to use his running backs a lot. You, you can even go down to number three where Bilal Powell is probably going to be involved too. But I think you're going to see a lot of Bell and Montgomery on the field together, especially Montgomery maybe getting some reps out of the slot. Both guys backfield at the same time. You're going to see both these guys used in a lot of different creative ways. But I do think early in the season, it's going to be Bell's starting job. He, he, there's definitely going to be some rust to work off, especially because he didn't play in the preseason at all. But, uh, so early on, I think it might be a little bit closer than it will end up being uh, the rest of the season. But uh, Montgomery's definitely going to be involved in this offense, especially as receiver. But I, I do think Bell eventually is going to work into not quite the workload that he had the Steelers, but he's going to get to the point where he's going to be taking you know, 15 to 20 carries a game and also getting maybe seven to eight targets a game, somewhere around there. But he's going to be really involved. And even that first game, he will be. I would think the first game ends up being the least usage he gets all year just because of the rust has to work off. The fact that Montgomery has had the opportunity to play in this offense for three games now. So first game, I do think that you know maybe it'll be pretty close between those two guys in terms of touches. But as the season goes on, Bell should definitely get to the point where he's taking Bell, Bell Cow kind of usage. Uh, both in the run and pass game, but even so, when he does, Montgomery to get uh, a lot of opportunities, a few carries a game, even targets. So those two guys are going to be on the field a lot, and it definitely seems like Gates has really emphasized making that a focal point of the offense. Definitely, and uh, you know, one one big weapon for this offense that's going to be out for the first four games is the tight end, Chris Herndon. Uh, how do you view Sam Darnold? You know, not being with his number one tight end to start the season. How do you think that's going to play out for him not having that, you know, initial safety blanket in Herndon? Yeah, so the loss of Herndon is definitely a big one. He, he really came on on the stretch last year. After he started getting involved in the offense about six games into the year, uh, from that point on until the end of the season, he's really a top ten receiving end. He had four touchdowns last year. That was pretty efficient in terms of what he's producing on a per-target basis, So. He's really going on down the stretch, and especially for a rookie. Rookie tight ends really don't that often. He had one of the better rookie seasons we've seen in recent memory. So those guys did develop a lot of chemistry, and he's a good blocker too, especially in pass protection. And we've seen in preseason too. Definitely, he has the talent to be one of those tight ends who's a complete package, a top five guy every single down, be a huge fantasy producer, but also bring it as a blocker as well. He definitely has that skill set, but. So they're definitely going to get for those first four games. And Ryan Griffin, from uh, who signed over from the Texans, he seems like he's going to be the main guy to take uh, Herndon's spot with those first four games. Obviously, not quite the same talent overall, but you know he is a guy who could run some short routes for sure hands in the underneath game. So that's a solid fallback just to have that check option underneath. But uh, what Herndon really brings to the table is more than just being that safety blanket. He can really get downfield and catch a 15-yard corner route. And he's also really good just in the improvisational game. You see, one of Darnold's signature abilities is his, his ability to get outside the pocket and really improvise things for each out. And part of the back to be successful doing that is to have receivers who know how to break off of their wraps and make themselves an open target. 
uh, when the quarterback breaks down. And Hurden's really good at that. Those two guys connected on a lot of broken-down plays last year. So they're definitely going to miss his versatility, just his overall skill set. But we'll see if Ryan Griffin, what he can bring to the table uh, for those first four games. But it's definitely not the same target volume. Uh, the, tar- the targets that would go to Hurden will definitely be spread out among the receivers, the running backs, over those first four games. But it- it's a loss for sure. Hurden is a really talented player, and he definitely has a very good feeling. So once he does come back, it'll be a huge boost for the Jets. It'll actually be uh, right after they play the Eagles in that fourth game against the Cowboys uh, in week six when Hurden comes back. Uh, it'll be a big boost when he comes back. But until he's out, the targets will definitely be spread out, less so among the tight ends, more so among everybody else. Which that week against the Cowboys, all Eagles fans will become Jets fans for sure. Um <laughs> You know, looking at this Jets defense, too, you know, we mentioned Jamal Adams, C.J. Mosley, and just the defensive line as a unit. This team looks really poised to have a dominant defense all year long. Uh, Was C.J. Mosley kind of that missing piece at the linebacker position to really just glue this defense together? Yeah, Mosley is a really interesting addition because the Jets didn't really go into the offseason with inside linebacker at the top need is more focused on cornerback, outside linebacker, just overall edge, but linebacker was still neat. They had Avery Williamson, who actually is going to be out for the season, had an ACL injury a couple weeks ago, but they had him inside. He's a solid player, but next to him was Darren Lee, a guy who they drafted in the first round a couple years ago out of Ohio State to be an impact guy in coverage, and he just came along really slowly. He had a solid uh, and improved season last year, but still overall really struggled with just his, his awareness overall. He's a part of a, of a lot of coverage busts. His run defense is really shaky. Just a lot of the time would bite way too hard on play action and just lead to a lot of big plays. So uh, there was it was an underrated need. Darren Lee was a guy who you know started all three seasons he was here, but he quietly really struggled even though he was getting those starts. So to get Mosley, I think the biggest impact he's going to make is just tying everything together. He's, uh, the Ravens, while C.J. Mosley was there, allowed fewer big passing plays on short passes than any other team in the league, and the Jets over the past couple of years allowed the most. So. I think that right there is uh, what C.J. Mosley can really rub off this team, just bringing the whole defense together, bringing those coverage busts down. And we've already seen it in the first couple of games. The Jets have been playing a lot of backups with the starters because of injuries, and Mosley's been out there pointing everything out, kind of gluing the whole unit together. So I think he's really going to bring that leadership aspect to the table, rub off his elite instincts on everybody else. And, and just his overall game, he's still an elite player. He's a great run defender. The coverage is really solid. I know a lot of people kind of sleep on him in that area, but you look at his film, and he's a guy who can cover. He's not necessarily the most athletic linebacker in the league, but just his instincts. He knows where to be, how to shut down what the offense is doing, take away underneath routes. So he, he is an elite overall player. Is he going to be worse with the Jets gave him? Because they did give him like a huge deal, <laughs> by far the biggest deal at that position. Just really more position-changing than any other contract in the league. It didn't really get that much attention for that, but what they I, I believe they gave him about $5 million per year more than Luke Keekley, who was uh, the previous top guy there. So a huge, huge deal. So is he going to be worth that? You know, we'll see. It all depends on how good this defense is with him in the middle and if he can stay healthy for 16 games consistently. But you, you know he's giving you a high score. You know what he's giving you when he's out there. And I think that's the big, the big appeal to He's going to have a really positive ripple effect on the rest of the defense. Definitely. And, you know, Jamal Adams has kind of turned into this just vocal face and leader of this Jets team, kind of one of the faces of the franchise. What's it like to have a guy who is, you know, talented on the field, but also so community-driven and about the fans and everything, kind of leading this team off the field as well? 
Oh yeah, Jamal's definitely kind of the guy that that's not not that off the field stuff really matters in terms of winning, but from a fan perspective, just to have him, he's what the Jets have been missing for a long time. He's that true franchise player. Because of the things you mentioned, just what he does off the field. But after the uh the first preseason game against the Giants or it was actually a, a scrimmage held and that like, he stayed for like over an after over an hour after Every single fan he stayed. So he's that kind of guy. You know, he's vocal. He's going to say what he has to say in the press conferences. In the really, he's going to voice it. And and he's just you know, said with the scrimmage, he's really fan driven. He interacts with the fans like times. Just the central face of the franchise. Just a ton of energy. Super passionate franchise. He possesses. So it's really cool to have a guy like that. Is not. Uh, and especially because he is someone who they drafted and, and can be here for quite a long time, it's definitely good to have a guy like that to represent the team. But yeah, and now one of the other off-season additions the the Jets brought in was a former Eagle and Joe Douglas for the front office. What was that experience kind of like? You know, from a Jets perspective of going and searching for that next guy to fill that role, and then it eventually ending up being Joe Douglas. The time of the Jets hiring their previous GM, Mike McCagnan, it was definitely very odd. It came out of nowhere. They let him handle free agency. They, they let him handle the draft. And not just any offseason. You're talking about a team that spent a lot of money in free agency, had the third pick in the draft. So it was really odd, the timing. But at the same time, McCagnan wasn't very good for the Jets. His first four drafts were among the least productive in the league. So the timing was weird. But it was good for the Jets to go out and get Joe Douglas, the guy who – you know, around the league, just unanimously was praised as one of the best options available. So to be able to go get him was really good. And the early returns have been really positive with Douglas. He went out and got Ryan Khalil out of retirement uh, to fill the center position. Some of his other pickups has been uh, have been good. Alex Brown, a cornerback, an undrafted free agent who was with the Eagles. He's been pr- one of the best backup corners on the team, a position they really struggled at. But he stood out a lot. So Douglas has already made – he's had to get really busy – uh, with his moves already because of all the holes with the Jets on this team. And so far, the early returns have been, there have been some good signs. So uh, it was good for the Jets to go out and having fired their GM at as weird of a time as they did to go out and get a really good candidate to replace him. It uh, was definitely a huge positive. It was met with a ton of praise from really uh, all the people in the league circles who know him, have worked with him. So to see all those positive uh, returns based on hiring him was really good. And so far, the returns have been um, really promising. Obviously, you can't judge him yet until he has multiple drafts. You have the years. Those guys log their years in the league until you can judge those guys. So still a long time until we can truly judge him because, you know, drafts are really the centerpiece of how you're judging any GM. So still a long time until we could truly kind of evaluate him. But for now, it, it's been really good. The return's been very positive with some of the moves he's already made and just the way he's handled the media, just the overall vibe that he's brought to the team. It seems like him and Adam Gase are really on the same page. And just based on the evaluations from everyone else around the league, it was you usually do get positive reviews when you sign uh, when you hire a new GM. But it seems a little bit different for him that he definitely could be that answer at GM. So still a long time until we'll get that the answer, or, and to just to see if uh, he really is that guy at GM. But so far, it's been pretty good. Obviously. A long way to go, but it was good to go get him after they fired Mike McCagney. And then, you know, we're heading into the fourth preseason game, kind of one of those games where, you know, you're going to be cutting the roster down, obviously, but you also want to keep an eye on who gets cut. Do you see Joe Douglas potentially keeping an eye on this game, knowing that 
he knows a lot of these players on this Eagles roster to potentially bring into the Jets? Oh, yeah. I think they're, Jets fans have definitely talked a lot about the Eagles, being, especially at cornerback. Cornerback is where the Jets are weakest right now. Their depth behind Tremaine Johnson, Daryl Roberts, Brian Poole, their starting trio. Their depth behind those three guys has really, really been bad throughout the preseason. And the Eagles are a deep team at cornerback, so fans have definitely been keeping an eye on the Eagles. There's been a, a few rumors about the Jets maybe making a trade for someone in Philadelphia, but you know, definitely knowing the Eagles having – been with them over the past few years he has a familiarity with those guys he already like i mentioned signed alex brown who was with the team for a short amount of time previously this offseason so uh, he'll definitely be keeping an eye on that team especially at cornerback i think but really around the entire league i think the jets are definitely going to add at least two corners on their week one roster who will eventually be on that week one roster i don't think they're on the team yet because the backup guys in this team just haven't looked playable they've been that bad so uh, they have a lot of holes to fill. Just but even though there's a lot of talent on top, that's what happens when you know you sign Bell, you sign Mosley, you sign Crowder. They have a lot of talent at top at the top, but the depth is really an issue with this team, and that's really a consequence of when you draft as poorly as they have over the past few years. So Joe Douglas has had to inherit that. He has a lot of work to do to fix patch up those holes before this season. And I think cornerback, especially with the Eagles, his former team, a team that has a lot of cornerback depth is certainly a direction he could look, especially after this fourth preseason game, seeing them in person. Yeah, and you know, it could also go a long way because this is one of the few times that the Eagles play the Jets in the preseason, then later on down uh, the line will play the Jets again during the regular season. So it could pay, you know pay dividends in multiple ways, being that some of these guys were you know in camp with the Eagles all summer long and kind of know the playbook a little bit and could help uh, Adam Gase and the coaching staff a bit when they match up against the Eagles in Week 5. Yeah, there's definitely uh, something to be said for those psychological advantages. And uh, you kind of see the Patriots do that a lot. That's one of their signature moves. And, you know, maybe it works sometimes, maybe it doesn't. But, you know, there, it is definitely unique with the fact that the Jets are going to be playing the Eagles again in just a couple of weeks. And they also play the Giants, so they're going to be playing again this preseason. So really unique that they're going to be seeing both of those teams this year after playing them in the preseason. And, you know, the Eagles did add Josh McCown, so the opposite mm -hmm. end of this interaction. But... Of course, McCown wasn't. I, I, McCown actually did spend some time in camp of the team this preseason, not in an official role, but he was there for a little bit. But obviously, he didn't get to play with Adam Gase under Adam Gase, so maybe not too much he can tell them there. But uh, from the Jets' point of view, to add some corners, maybe uh, they could bring something over. Uh, there definitely is a potentially an edge there. It, it can it can only help. So uh, they're definitely going to be looking towards Philadelphia's direction for potentially some cornerback depth, but. Really across the league, cornerback, cornerback is a huge, huge uh, focus point for the Jets over the next couple of weeks as they prepare for the first week. And that was my next question, too. You know, the Eagles bring in Josh McCown out of retirement. Uh, he's been around the league forever. Um, but, you know, with him being with the Jets for the past few years, what are the Eagles kind of getting in that backup quarterback role after moving on from Nick Foles as he left in free agency to bring in a guy like Josh McCown? What can Eagles fans expect to uh, – you know, have sitting behind Carson Wentz if need be. Yeah, so the big thing with McCown is really everything he brings off the field. He's just, you know, unanimously beloved as just a leader, a teammate, all those things off the field. He's really, really, really respected in that role. That's why a lot of people kind of thought he should go into coaching, maybe be the quarterback's coach for the Jets. Obviously, he wants to continue playing, apparently, after retiring momentarily. But uh, really off the field is where he brings all of his value. He's a great teammate. Donald really praised 
McCown for getting the chance to watch him. Even though McCown was not good when he played last year, when Donald got the opportunity to watch him for three games, he himself really said that that gave him that was really valuable for him uh, when he came back and got back out there. But on the field, McCown has been he was not good when he played for the Jets last year. I believe he had a 56 pass rating. The Jets went 0 and 3 in the games he started and scored I think 13 points a game. So he really struggled this past year. But in 2017, he was a good quarterback, a legitimate at least average, maybe even slightly above average quarterback. His deep ball is really good. He didn't turn the ball over a lot. So it really kind of continued a trend we've seen with him. He's pretty much been good every other year. You go back to when he had that breakout season with the Bears in 2013. When he had, I think he started five games. They went three and two under him, and he played pretty good. Ever since then, he's kind of been alternating between good and bad years. So if that does continue, the Eagles could have themselves a pretty good backup quarterback this year. But uh, I do think he, he he could have something left in the tank. If that continues, then maybe we'll, it, not that it's a rule, you know, it could break. He is, I think, uh, pretty sure he's 40 years old, so it definitely yeah. could break. So, um, you know, he could have something left in the tank. We'll have to see if that trend continues. But it was only a couple of years ago when he was legitimately one of the better quarterbacks the Jets have had uh, in recent memory. He threw the deep ball really well, like I said didn't turn it over a lot after he started off the season cold in the first two games 2017 he was really solid over the next few games he started uh, over the rest of the season uh, after those first two games so he was a good quarterback just a couple years ago last year he was not a good quarterback struggled with turnovers didn't throw the deep ball well at all but he was the backup at that point he didn't get the chance to really start the season and be the, the QB1 from the start so and of course he's not going to get that the Eagles either but he also didn't get that the Bears back in 2013 when he was so good for them for a short amount of time. So I think that his off-the-field value is extremely high. What you'll get on the field, that is anybody's guess. He's shown you a huge range of performance levels over the past few years. So uh, even at this age, I think he's still capable of being a good backup. Maybe what Nick Foles brought to the Eagles. I think he is capable of that. But at the same time, he can be a lot, lot worse than that, like we saw last season. So it's anyone's guess what you're going to get on the field. If he does play, you know, hopefully for the Eagles, he doesn't. But off the field, you definitely know you're getting a lot of positive value from him. Yeah, as Eagles fans, we're hoping we don't have to see him at all unless there's, you know, a blowout situation and we can just take Carson Wentz out of the game to uh, rest him up. But as we head into this fourth game, uh, what are some things, you know, for the Jets that you're looking at as they go uh, head-to-head with this Eagles team for, you know, these guys that are kind of fighting for roster spots, fighting for jobs, uh, what are some, you know, either players or positional groups that you'll be taking a look at uh, Thursday night for the Jets? Yeah, so I already did talk about cornerback a lot. That's a huge one. The Jets would like to see pretty much anything from that position, especially from, I already mentioned Alex Brown. But if he can play, have another good game like he has the past couple, then he could make the team and give them a little bit of, com- just a little bit of comfort in that backup group. So cornerback is huge. And then other than that, there are a few other battles going on. You have the running back position where they have, Elijah McGuire and Trent Cannon, two guys who they've drafted over the past couple of years, were battling out. Cannon is a really fast guy who just hasn't really put it together at running back yet, but he does contribute on special teams. He's a kick returner, so he'll be interesting. And he's battling against McGuire, who doesn't really bring anything on special teams, but it probably is a little bit more polished as a running back. So that's an interesting battle there. Uh, at punt returner, you have Greg Dorch, a guy out of Wake Forest, who's uh, really, he went undrafted because of his size. He's only five foot eight, but he's come in that punt returner and looked really good. Made a lot of plays, hasn't uh, dropped any balls, muffed any kicks. So 
he's been really interesting. He seems like he's going to make the team, and he's a lot of fun to watch. So he's probably one of the more exciting backups on the team. And like I said, it'll probably be the power returner in week one, but it should be fun to continue watching him. And uh, those are really the big battles, cornerback, running back, and also uh, on special teams there are a few other battles. There's still a punter battle going on between uh, Lachlan Edwards, the guy who's been their punter for the past three seasons. is a He's pretty average. He's not great. Not terrible, and he's been battling against Matt Dar, who was with Gase in Miami. There are there are a lot of Gase guys on the team. He's brought in a lot of guys he's familiar with. But there's a punter battle going on. You have the bottom of the running back position, uh, and cornerback is huge as well. So those are, I think, would be the top ones that I'd be looking at. Yeah, it's going to be a, a big, interesting uh, fourth preseason game. Typically, the the sloppiest game of the year in terms of just who's out there on the field and just figuring things out, but. It's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, the Eagles will see the Jets in you know about a month as well as they play each other in Week 5, and uh, we'd love to have you back on for Week 5, Michael. Absolutely. I, I think we're both going to be competitive at this point, uh, both of these teams. It uh, should be a huge early season game, so I would love to come back on at that point and discuss that game. Definitely, and uh, let everybody know again where they can you know find your stuff, follow you on social media, and uh, listen to your podcast as well. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Michael underscore Nania. I host the Cool Your Jets podcast with Ben Bussington. That's on Twitter at CYJPod. And most of my writing on the Jets is at gangreennation.com. So definitely check me out at those places. Thanks again for hopping on this week, man. And uh, we'll catch you in about a month for week five for when it actually matters. Can't wait. Got to thank Michael for hopping on the podcast this week to wrap up, you know, the 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 ribbon on the present that is the preseason and uh it's gonna be a lot of fun to see which guys end up sticking on this roster you know the eagles we could easily go and predict 98 percent of this roster but it's those little fringe depth things that howie dug and you know this eagles front office are gonna have to piece together to make sure they have the perfect complete roster moving forward into the regular season and then eventually seeing these New York Jets at full capacity in about a month during week five of the regular season. So going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you're following Michael on Twitter at Michael underscore Nania. He does a lot of great stuff with the New York Jets. Listen to his podcast and uh, make sure you're subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts. Search Underground Sports Philadelphia. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Let us know what your expectations are for this 2019 Eagles team as the preseason is about to wrap up. And if you don't have an iPhone, you can find us on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us. Just search Underground Sports Philadelphia, and you get every episode of Eagles Enemies if you hit that subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter, at UndergroundPHI, and uh, we will be back again with Eagles Enemies when it really counts as they get ready to take on the Washington Redskins in uh, Week 1. So until then... Want to thank Michael again for hopping on. This has been episode four of season two of Eagles Enemies, right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. I'm Kyle Bennett, and we are signing off. Peace.